When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Scout Press and The Cave Dwellers by Christina McDowell. They are the families considered worthy of a listing in the exclusive Green Book, a discriminative diary created by the niece of Edith Roosevelt's social secretary. Their aristocratic bloodlines are woven into the very fabric of Washington, generation after generation. But what they have failed to understand is that the world is changing, and when the family of one of their own is held hostage, everything about their legacy is called into question in this unputdownable novel. Explore a buzzworthy satire that discloses what Washington, D.C.'s high society members do behind the closed doors of their stately homes. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 122, and we are recording on Monday, March 7th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javed, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra, how are you? Hello, hello. I am good, actually, surprisingly. <laughs> You're good for a Monday. <laughs> it's It's been a long morning already, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive, caffeinated. <laughs> caffeinated being the main word but yes what about you how are you doing this monday afternoon where you are <laughs> no i'm doing okay i made the decision to take today and tomorrow off from work for literally no reason which is fantastic i think that is the best reason to take Truly. off time from work so i did some shopping this morning and it's been a very long time since I've actually gone out in search of clothes oh, for my wardrobe. And yeah. so I went secondhand shopping today and I found some fun stuff and I'm feeling relatively positive. Yeah, I think more than book buying, please no one come after me for saying this on a bookish podcast, but more than book buying, it's when you go out shopping for clothes and you find things that fit, that mm -hmm. align with your aesthetic, that don't break your wallet literally like you know it's yes it's a win it's it's a good monday morning yeah and that's that's why i go secondhand shopping so that it doesn't break my wallet and go. i get lots of quality pieces for a very reasonable price I so yes i am i'm excited to get those into my closet and i'm even more excited to toss or donate the stuff that i am just like you know what that's it <laughs> i'm not wearing this anymore <laughs> it doesn't make me happy yes yes yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna do some marie condoing in my closet today or tomorrow. Yes. I'm a huge proponent of that method, so by all means. But what are you reading? Well, I am delighted that I have found another audiobook that uh, really seems to be working for me in the early chapters, and that is Red Widow by Alma Katsu. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I am a huge fan of Alma Katsu, but this is very different from the other two novels of hers that I've read, which are very much in line with historical horror. And this is espionage thriller. And so, yeah, it's just a few chapters in, and it involves... 
Russian spies and double agents and the CIA and two female agents working at the CIA where there may be a mole. What I really like about it so far is that even though we've got high stakes stuff happening, you feel so grounded in like the everyday kind of like how this actually would happen, I presume, like not like in a very cinematic action adventure you know, Clive Cussler or Tom Clancy type of thing. This, it's a little bit more subdued, but it makes it feel much more realistic. And the narrator for the audiobook, again, is really hitting a lot of really good, hitting a lot of good notes. She's not, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but her, her narration works really well. It's not overly dramatic. It's not too dry, not too monotone. It's just it's just hitting a really nice balance. And so I'm really happy to have found that. So um, so yeah, that's Red Widow by Alma Katsu. And uh, what are what have you found? So I'm on this gig, Richie Reads gig. Nice. Actually, at any given moment in time, you ask me what I'm reading. I'm actually reading one witchy book all the time. But I, uh, it, this is a like tangent. This is a romance book that I read, The X Hex, and that I got obsessed with reading all things witchy. And so then I found a cozy mystery that's about witches who run a bed and breakfast in a small town. And if that is not my wheelhouse, I don't know what is. And it's called In the Company of Witches by Early Wallace. And it's basically about how, of course, there's always this one person who's returning home and helping their family either maintain their restaurant or their bed and breakfast. And someone ends up dying. And our main character, I've just like I've just started it, but our main character, Bryn, has to sort of tap into her witchiness and solve the mystery. But how she does that and, you know, all of the shenanigans that ensues, I am very excited to see what happens. But just the premise of itself has me sold. I'm very, very new to the whole book. So I will have more insight in the next episode. So that is uh, In the Company of Witches by Aurelie Wallace. But yeah, otherwise it's been a very dry spell in terms of reading. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm looking at my pile of library books thinking, I'm like, oh, we got to get some of these back. (laughs) Haven't read them. But they've been sitting here way too long. So, Um, but enough about that. (laughs) Why don't you give us our first sponsor and we'll get this show started. Absolutely. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored in part by Nightfire, publisher of Sundial by Catriona Ward. All Rob wanted was a normal life. She almost got it too. But when her oldest daughter, Kaylee, exhibits the same darkness Rob remembers from the childhood she left behind at Sundial, the mother and daughter embark on a dark, desert journey to the past in the hopes of redeeming their future. This is the latest from Catriona Ward, author of The Last House on Needless Street, and you can expect lots of twists and turns in this dark family gothic. It will keep you turning pages late into the night right until the very end. We thank Nightfire, publisher of Sundial by Catriona Ward, very much for sponsoring the show. Oh, I have heard such good things about both of Catriona Ward's books, and I have been meaning to get to them and have not done so yet, but they are on my list. I was super excited to see this because I, like you, I've heard so much about the house on Needless Street, and Mm -hmm. then again, Sundial as well. Like, I've heard great like reviews revving up to it so 
excited to eventually have this on our currently reading list. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you are a new listener, welcome. We are delighted to have you. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We, again, are just so delighted that you continue to put us in your ears every two weeks. And like I said at the beginning of the show, we talk about mysteries and suspense and thrillers and true crime and just about anything that falls under that big umbrella. So this is the part of the show where we always put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, because they really help us plan out future episodes. It's a great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of. Great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. We've used so many of your suggestions for previous episodes, so keep them coming. We love hearing from you. So if you have any ideas or suggestions, you can shoot us an email or reach out via social media. We will have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about writing it down now. We just put the call out ahead of time, get those creative juices flowing. And even if you don't have an idea and you just want to say hi, there is nothing we enjoy more. So if you enjoyed this podcast, definitely let us know and leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us. And with that, we have a very short news section for this episode, which I guess kind of fits with the whole theme of our episode, which we'll get into in just a second. But real quickly, over the last uh, few episodes, you've probably heard us talking about Danya Kukavka's latest book notes on an execution, and it's just been getting so many rave reviews, and it just sounds so interesting. And it is now officially going to be adapted into a TV series. So there's not a whole lot to be announced. The book just came out, and so the announcement that this was going to be adapted as a TV series, that has only just been announced, so we don't really have anything about casting. The author is credited as an executive producer, so she's going to be involved with that. If you're not aware of what the premise is, it's about a serial killer who is on death row and is about to be executed, but the story focuses on the lives of the people who were affected by his crimes. And so it's not about so much the ser- the the killer himself, but the people who were left behind and trying to deal with, you know, trying to make sense of their life afterwards. And it's just, it's supposed to be a really, really interesting book that kind of flips our expectations of what a mystery novel or a suspense novel should be or what it focuses on. And it's just gotten so many rave reviews. And apparently they think that this is going to be, this is going to make for a really good TV show. So as we get more information about that, we will for sure let you know. But in the meantime, if you've read it and are we're, th- we're thinking, hey, you know what? This would be really good to watch on the screen. Well, you can put this on your radar and get super excited. And for the rest of us, it'll give us some time to read the book before the show comes out. I am so, I, I, I agree. I have, I'm about halfway through this book. It's very dark and intense, but uh, it's also a kind of intense where you can sort of hold your imagination back and it's not as bad, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't, get as graphic if you you know tell yourself stop stop thinking about that too much but it's really good and i agree i think it's gonna be i am i'm gonna be one of those people that really excited to see this into a tv series 
Yes, and I have a copy of the book sitting on my desk at work. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Some point I will get it into my brain. That should be the subtitle of our ep- each episode. We have this copy somewhere. We yeah. have this book somewhere. We promise. <laughs> yeah. I have it. I just haven't read it yet. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's jump into the episode. So this was a topic of discussion inspired by our listeners. So thank you so much for everyone who writes in and gives us such fantastic ideas. And this time around, we're doing mystery and suspense reads that are that can be classified as short. Basically, you can read in a day. If you're like me, it will still ha- somehow end up taking you three days, but like less than a week. Maybe I read it in one go, but we're super excited. And I believe the classification. So short means something different to different people. I know people who think 600 pages books are short because what they're used to reading is a thousand pages long. So for us, what Katie and I agreed on was short reads is anything under 300 pages. And, you know, like it would be ideal if it's under like 280 pages, but it's like between 280 to 300 pages is something that we classify that 300 pages is the cutoff like anything more than that is like no not included in this list (laughs) so we're super excited about this but reason one of the reasons i'm super excited about this is because when i was at home on maternity leave with a newborn short read books were my lifesavers and also because i feel like there is so much like yeah there like people who write big books like authors so that's there's so much art and so much amazingness that goes into it but saying what you want to say in like a tightly packed package there's a certain and like when it's done well I think there's a certain kind of magic in that as well so I'm super excited yeah I find I mean I can go on either end of the spectrum I mean Stephen King is my favorite author and (laughs) lord knows he is the he is the literal king of the thousand page novels and there's something to be said for that kind of sprawling story that you just kind of get lost in but yeah sometimes you just need either a short fast read or you need a book that's going to like pack a gut punch into a very small into a very very small number of pages and yeah i think there's a lot to be said for you know in those books those those are the types of books where with the writing style there is not a word there is no there are no wasted words in there like every sentence has a purpose and these types of books can you know they can they can really be razor sharp so I would love for you to get us started because I am not familiar with either of the books that you have picked for this episode. So I am really excited to learn something new. All right. So the first pick that I have, so I have been feeling this, I say, working in publishing and marketing new books every day, but I have been feeling that there is this wonderment and slowness that exists in like older books just because obviously books are a reflection of the time they were published in and you know everything is so fast-paced right now and now the literature sort of you know depicts that so this book the uh, the book is the hours before dawn by celia fremlin and this was published i believe in 1959 for the first time but it has been republished uh, in 1996 but it is like a vintage very like it's very slow sort of like 
like Stepford Wife sort of vibe, not not in terms of the story, but you know how it's like just like slowly, 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 slowly. You never really know when you're gonna get that closure of a story. But just a bit about the book. So the book is about this young, tired young mother, and I read this and I was very newly postpartum, so I related to this on a whole other level. Um, but it's basically about this tired young mother, and she's trying to differentiate between right after you have given birth, like this sense of like, you know, you think everything is going to harm your child. So she's going between this sense of, she's trying to draw the line is like, am I just seeing things because I haven't slept like in three days? Or is there actual danger lurking around my house? And uh, she basically, what she does is, you know, she sees this shadow hanging over her house and she's wondering is there like an intruder coming in or is you know it's just someone had written in the uh, goodreads review that it's like domestic noir and i 100 percent agree with that because it's like you know she's just sitting like there's a scene where she's sitting in a playgroup like she's sitting with other moms and they're just doing like they're just playing with their kids and she's like half dozing off and she's and she's but she's trying to pretend like she's trying, wondering if she can sleep with her eyes open and that sense of like you know, like she's very much aware that her reality is sort of slipping away from her, like the sense of reality. And that I think like seals her in as that, you know, what we term the unreliable narrator. And then everything she says, you take with a grain of salt. And then until you have to, you know, finally pour that salt and like find out the answer. And it's, and in between all of this, the author Celia, she, she also like has this commentary on, you know, how the, how, even though, this woman who's going through this life altering thing where she now has a human to take care of. She still has to fulfill these duties of like a wife and like a house, like a homemaker, Um, especially in the time that this book was published. So it's fantastic. It's if you just want to take a break from everything moving. So from plots that move so fast that you almost like get, you know, a neck lurch or you just want to slow down with a story that you can just get lost in but like you know come back quickly enough for air this one is perfect for it so it's the hours before dawn by celia fremlin and it is available as a kindle as and as well as a paperback i believe so like uh no issues on that front as I'm listening to listening to you talk about this, I'm thinking, hmm, my I have a coworker who's about to give birth to her first child at the end of the month. I don't think I should give her this book. This is not a baby shower present. I no. already would like to add this disclaimer. <laughs> not a baby shower present. I think I will just continue crocheting the blanket that I've been yes. working on. <laughs> no, that's not, that sounds very much like the type of book that I should read before I try to have children. Um, I feel like that might be a little, a little much if at some point I find myself needing to take care of a tiny human in the future. It's, I don't know. It just resounded of the anxiety. Like I, my daughter is like three years old now. And like, I have, I still have these glaring moments at the middle of the night where I wake up at 2am and I'm like, I wake my husband up and I say, I am very anxious for no reason. And I just... (laughs) And he's like, what? I laugh because I'm like, yeah, that's me. And I don't even have a kid. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm anxious. Like I have, I've just suddenly woken up with a sense of dread and I do not know who to transfer it to. So thus you shall be woken up. And he's just <laughs> like, and he, he always, he's like, 
what is our daughter okay and he's like and then we both like put the bay monitor in between us and we just stare at it and eventually fall asleep but it I, it just sticks out it, the author captured something so brilliant in it that i still find like like you know books about motherhood like that that is a trend in contemporary fiction which is a fantastic trend but even sometimes they have been unable to capture which shows like how genre reads can sort of stretch and accomplish so much at the same time but yeah i just I like highly recommend it all right well i i, I guess continuing with the sense of paranoia <laughs> my first pick is a gillian flynn title that we haven't really talked about on the show before um that is the grown-up by gillian flynn and this is was originally published as a short story in a in an anthology that George R. R. Martin edited, and then it was published as a standalone title. So it is literally a short story. It is 64 pages. It is a tiny, tiny little book. And so this is, I know that they only published this because Gillian Flynn's name is just, you know, she she's still synonymous with Gone Girl and Sharp Objects, and so they wanted to capitalize on that. So I, of course, bought into it, and I bought a copy of the book. But yes, it is 64 pages. So if you want a short read, you're not going to get much shorter than this. And so I'm not going to talk too much about it because there's there's very little to talk about without giving away too much of the plot. But the main character who's never really identified, we know that she is a young woman and that she is struggling to get by, but she's also very perceptive, very canny, and kind of devious. And so she basically, she commits various levels of mostly harmless fraud. So to where she's not really hurting other people, but she's not, she's not at all being upfront or honest with other people as she tries to make money. And as the story opens, she is reading auras at a little psychic business. So she's, she's pretending to read auras when this, this woman walks in. And so our narrator realizes right away that this this client who came in that she's ba- that she just seems very unhappy and she wants to she feels like her life is missing something and just trying to inject some kind of like you know drama into her otherwise ordinary life. So our narrator kind of leans into that and kind of hams it up a little bit, and she accepts an invitation to go to this woman's house to do a psychic reading. But when she gets to the house that the that this woman has said has been very, very stressful for her, has caused her a lot of distress and grief and terror, she thinks that it's haunted, and the narrator of the story goes there not believing in ghosts, but then when she's there, you know, stuff happens. And I will, I will leave it there. Um, I will say that this is, since this is a Gillian Flynn story, you can expect some twists and turns and a dark, creeping sense of paranoia and dread. And it is really done very well. I actually listened to this initially on audio and I really enjoyed that. So I think you could you can do either print or audio. Either one's gonna be a super fast read. And yeah, it's I mean this was 
basically the last thing that's been published in Gillian Flynn's name, aside from maybe a couple of other short stories here or there. And I'm just dying for her to write another novel, darn it. But in the meantime, if you've read her other stuff and have not gotten to The Grown Up yet, I do highly recommend it. And again, called The Grown Up by Gillian Flynn. You would be so proud of me. I started Charp Objects the other day. <gasps> because what two of my friends were like, hands down, we loved it. We can't stop thinking about it. So... Oh, th- that that book, I had a co-worker read it for the first time a few years ago, and she's like, I don't know if I can read any other thriller novels because this one was just so perfect. I'm like, yeah. it is. It yeah. really, truly is. And the ending of Sharp Objects is... Oh, don't tell me. No, I'm just saying <laughs> it is one of the, like, that is an ending that will stick with you for oh, probably yeah. the rest of your waking life. <laughs> I'm ready to be destroyed. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good word for what it'll do to you. So before you get to your next pick, let me jump in real quick with our second sponsor for this episode. And our second sponsor for this episode of Red or Dead is Dreamscape's audiobook version of Finding the Other Woman by Cole Baxter. This is Cole Baxter's latest audiobook, and in Finding the Other Woman, we have Amelia, and all Amelia's been told about her missing memories is that her husband found her after a car accident, but soon flashes of memory bring her missing time into question. To start listening to the Finding the Other Woman audiobook, you can visit dreamscapepublishing.com slash mystery and thriller. The audiobook narration is by Jennifer Jill Araya. It's a psychological thriller, and we thank Dreamscape and Finding the Other Woman by Cole Baxter very much for sponsoring this episode. All right, so for my next pick, I have this book, and I feel like I'm always talking about this book, but clearly I am not talking enough, but I feel like it's time. It's time to talk about this book. So this is one of those books, which is what I meant, when the effect is captured so brilliantly in by saying as little as possible. So this book is called Moon of the Crested Snow, and it is by Bob Kishik Rice. And he he is an indigenous author, and he writes about a town, indigenous community in Northern Canada, where they are, you know, they, they, they have facilities that they get from the city. So they get food, electricity, everything. But they also have, they're also very independent in the sense that they, you know, they uh, catch their own food. They know how to preserve it without electricity. They they know how to survive with if all the amenities that modern people have gotten so used to would you know would not know what to do without. They, but but they still get this you know there's this schedule of like deliver food deliveries and resources deliveries that they that they have come to in a sense rely on. So what happens is two three weeks go by. And the deliveries stop from the city. So they're like, you know, they're not getting any food supplies. The Slowly the electric power starts going out. So they have to rely on the generators. And then even then go they go out and they have to rely on the like other resources that they have to make power and do. And, but they, they don't think much of it, just which is because it's just like a pattern that they have seen that, you know, sometimes they just like they're, they're delays for no reason. So they just ignore it. 
not ignored, but they're just, they're, they're like, they have it, but they're just, you know, they're going about their life. But slowly the time frame increases where, you know, like it's been, it's been months since then they have had any sort of like contact with the people from the city, any sort of deliveries. No one has come towards them. And uh, they, they were never ones to go towards, they, they have everything they need in their Titan community. So what happens is that eventually news comes to them that, like, it's never really clear what has happened, but it's just like, you know, everything's starting to run out, power's gone for the whole, I, I believe it's for like power's gone. Like, it's just widespread power outage for days and days, no signals, no ways of communicating. And that's when they realize that, oh, you know, stuff is going down. So they come closer and they make plans. They give duties to each other. This is what you're supposed to do. And they they, they just start, you know, they just like, tighten up everything and they just like keep doing what they're doing but this becomes like a cause for frustration within the community and then the people uh from the like from the city who have who are not who have no idea how to survive with no power no food no and how to do things themselves start coming to their town to you know to sort of like first they ask nicely and then it they they start becoming threats so it's I know that was a long-winded plot. It doesn't seem like, you know, like it's a short book, but it is. It's like a 213 pages book. And I have just scratched the surface of what the author is able to cover in this slim volume. It's like, you just, it's so, so well-written that you don't even know that, you know, you're just carried along the story. And then, and then whenever a transition in the story happens or whenever twist takes place, for the lack of a better word, it just, you know, that feeling you have that like, you're like, oh, oh, that just happened. You're like, And then the ending, oh, you're just never like, I love those endings where you're never sure, like where you're like, what just happened there? But, you know, it's, it's, it was, it's just amazing. It's, it's whenever someone says a short book that I can read, and like, you know, and have the same sort of experience of like reading a 600 page book. I, this is the first book that comes to my mind. So that's Moon of the Crusted Snow by Wob Gishik Rice. That sounds so good. <laughs> and I feel like I may have heard you mention it before, but it's only ringing like very vague bells in my head. So I'm very glad that you used it for this episode because that sounds amazing. And I really need to get my hands on a copy. Yes, it's a Book Riot favorite. I know lots of contributors talk about it, but, and that's how I discovered it. Uh, but I cannot say enough things about this book. It's amazing. Highly recommend it. Well, it's funny that you say Book Riot favorite because my second pick was one that I discovered years ago from Book Riot contributors. And this is also, again, a book... Slim in pages, but holy cow, does this book pack a punch. This book is called Confessions by Kane Minato. And I know that I have talked about this on the show previously, but it has been a while. And yeah, this book, whoo boy. So the story, like when you, when you start off the book, we have a teacher, Yuko Moraguchi, and she has resigned from her teaching position at a middle school. And her life recently has been marked by two very, very significant tragedies. Her engagement 
was called off in the wake of terrible news, and her four-year-old daughter was killed. And so she is, has decided, I'm going to resign from my teaching position, but she has one last lecture to give. And the reason for this lecture, and I, this is, I don't consider this a spoiler because it is literally the first sentence of the Goodreads synopsis. So if you go looking this up on Goodreads, like it's literally the first sentence. Two of her students were responsible for killing her daughter. And what she is doing now is setting forth, setting forth her revenge. And this book, this book is like the literary equivalent of dropping a rock into a pond and watching the ripples expand. And the book is told from different perspectives. And so you you get different pieces of the story at different points in the story of like what happened, how it happened. You know, some people may have certain information, others don't. So it's really very much a puzzle that you're putting together, trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? What happened before? And each person has a different piece of the puzzle that they're kind of slowly putting together. And as the as you progress through the book and you kind of reach these different layers, it's like there's it's like there's a giant boulder in your stomach that just sinks lower and lower with every chapter. And by the end of the book, you're just kind of like grasping at your face and just going, oh no. <laughs> so this is not a happy book. It is really well done. It is you know, it is 240-ish pages, so, you know, it's quite short, and it just, it just packs such a wallop. And it's, yeah, you just see how one person's actions have these rippling repercussions for other people in ways that you can't possibly begin to predict. And I love that type of storyline because it promises to deliver on like the unexpected. And this was a book that it's like, you think you know where it's going. And then you're like, oh, no, no, I had no idea it was going to go in that direction. Oh, my Lord. And yeah, so it is it is a dark, nasty little book. <laughs> but it is so well done. So, so, so well done. And again, that is Confessions by Kane Minato. And I have a quick bonus pick because I uh, talked about this book in the favorites of last year. Uh, so I will we'll drop that in the show, show notes just in case you want more detail about it. But just wanted to mention it here. It's The Secret Talker by Kaling Yan. And it's 160 pages. That is fantastic. And it basically is about Hong Mei, who is a very, you know, content, living her content suburban life with her husband, Glenn, who is a professor. But her life gets sort of completely unraveled when she starts getting these texts from someone who knows a lot more about her than she has ever told anybody in her new life. And then, you know, you find out about her past life and then what's what she stands to, like what's at stake here. But also like in a very weird, in a very weird twisted way, she's enjoying the attention, which is like a whole point that needs like 300 pages of its own. But you you get that sort of closure in these 160 pages. So that's um, The Secret Talker by Galing Yan. And I just wanted to 
do a quick bonus mention here. All right. So again, as we finish every discussion for these episodes, we are only able to scratch the surface on any of these topics. So if you have any other short mystery suspense reads that you want to recommend to us, please let us know. Also, if you have any short reads that are on the lighter side and they're just fun and fast paced and, you know, just a fun one to sit through and you feel like that would be a good change of pace from the really dark emotional wallops that we've been talking about for this episode, please let us know. And we can hopefully, if you're one of those people that likes to try and read as many books as possible in a given time frame, short reads are a great way to pad your <laughs> pad your finished book count. So uh, yeah, let us know if you if you have any other suggestions. And with that, I'll turn it over to Nazra, who has a new release coming up for this week. Yes. So this new release is one that I'm super excited about. And like Katie mentioned before we started this episode, this author has a lighter, I wouldn't say like, it doesn't or on cozy, right? Like, like it's it's a lighter read, but this one is like a full blown like stuff is happening. You don't know what's happening. You can't stop reading, sort of read. So this is like a sister by Kelly Garrett, and this comes out March eighth. So we're recording on March seventh. So it will be in available wherever books are sold when you hear this episode. It tells of basically. This TV star, Desiree Pierce, whose body is found on a playground in the Bronx the morning after her 25th birthday. And the police and the media are quick to declare her death an overdose. It's a tragedy, but not a crime, according to them. But Desiree's half-sister, Lena Scott, knows that can't be the case. A graduate student at Columbia, Lena has spent the past decade forging her own path from her from the spotlight, but some facts about Desiree just couldn't have changed since their childhood. Desiree would never travel above 125th Street. So why is no one listening to her when she says that her half-sister's death was not a, you know, was not an overdose? Despite the fact that they both haven't talked in two years, torn apart by Desiree's partying and by uh, partying and by their father, Mel. Elena becomes determined to fight justice for her sister, and even if it means untangling her family's darkest secrets or ending up dead herself. I have had the good fortune of listening to a preview, like a longer preview of the audiobook, and the audiobook narration is also fantastic, but this book sounds just the perfect combination. Like It just sounds like a Rachel Housel Hall mixed with Megan Abbott and like all the classic like Megan Miranda, Jessica Knoll authors. And I am super excited for this. So this is Like a Sister by Kelly Garrett. And this comes out March 8th. Yeah, my experience with Kelly Garrett has been her Hollywood homicide series. I read the first I've read the first book, which I think was called Hollywood Homicide. And that, yeah, definitely much more on the humorous, maybe not quite cozy, but definitely on that that humorous amateur detective spectrum. So this, if you're looking for something completely different, this one sounds really, really interesting. And that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. 
For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com and don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. If you want to send an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me, Nasra, on Twitter at Javed Nasra. That's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we'll talk to you next time.